0: Well, good morning. I imagine by now that you have been making the most of the Christmas presents you got. Or if you didn't, you haven't, it's because it wasn't that good of a present. If you're assessing whether or not someone's used a present you've given them yet and they haven't, That's one way of working out whether or not they like the present, isn't it? Let's be honest, because if you get a present that you like, you want to use it immediately, and you will. And you'll either use it because there's an immediate use for it, or you'll find a use for it. Say, well, it's important that I start using my my new football boots now at six o'clock in the morning when it's snowing outside. I've just got to go and use them, or whatever it is that would be a gift that you would want uh, to use. That's part of the purpose of gifts, isn't it? That they be used. I want to talk to you today about a good gift that God has given us uh, that a lot of us ignore uh, or don't quite understand why or if he's really given it to us and what it means. I think we're we're early enough in the year. Perhaps we've come through the first phase of resolutions, the first things you said you were going to do, which you haven't done. But there's still time, isn't there, to kind of set the agenda of what you want this year uh, to look like, what you want to do. And I want to suggest that you consider making this year the year that you learn to sabbath. Uh, Now, some of you will know what that means, and some of you will have a vague understanding of what that means, and some of you won't have a clue what that means. Hopefully, by the end of this, we'll have a bit more of an idea. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read about a controversy that Jesus caused, uh, which may seem to you like a fuss about nothing. um, But I think within it, there is an invitation for us to uh, be given a gift by God that will do us a lot of good. And the whole controversy is about this day called the Sabbath. And that was the seventh day of the Jewish week. And uh, it was the day that God had commanded them to keep holy. Uh, and to be something to be holy means to be separate from the rest. So you're meant to have six days that were like this. And then one day that was different, the Sabbath. They were to do no work and they were to focus their attention on God and his goodness. And that was a, that was a, a command and a gift that God had given them. And then Jesus gets in trouble with a bunch of people who wanted to add a whole load of extra regulations uh, to this gift in order to make sure that everyone did it properly. Um, Jesus is going to show us how to do it properly. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 2, verse 23 onwards. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. That's Jesus. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath? The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. This is God's word. Now there's a lot going on in that and uh, there'll be a few questions you have like, what does that mean? What does that mean? We're just going to really home in on one thing, this statement made by Jesus right in the heart of the passage, which is that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And what Jesus is saying is that this day, this special day, is not a burden to be carried, uh, which all these regulations that the Pharisees have given, there were like 39 things you couldn't do on the Sabbath because they wanted the law to be protected. But the way they did that was by making loads and loads more laws. And it became basically a burden on people. They didn't know what to do, didn't dare do anything. Jesus says, no, this isn't a burden to be carried, this is a gift that God has given you. It's described as that in Exodus chapter 16. And so what I want us to do is I want us to look at that gift today and have an understanding of what it is. Well, it makes its first appearance on the first page of the Bible, which is generally a clue as to something's importance. If it's right there at the beginning, that means God wants you to know about it. And Genesis 1, uh, as you will be aware, describes the creation of the world as happening over six days. And there are six days of God working. He works, he's forming and filling the world. And every day he makes good things and it's all good and then it climaxes with us. Uh, We're uh, uniquely made in his image. And he then says, he's been saying it's good and then he sees us that he's made. He says, it's very good. And at that point, we're then told that he stops working and he rests. And he sees everything that it's made and sees all of its goodness and all of its beauty and all of its vitality. And he breathes in its scents and he hears its songs. And this is so fundamental to who God is. That he loves, that he enjoys, that he stops, that he smiles. This uh, creation account, is one of the things it's meant, meant to say to us. Not only does he, has he made all things, but this is what he's like. He's very creative, he's very powerful and he rests. And he enjoys what he has made. And he's made us to be like him. We're made in God's image. We're meant to be the demonstration of God on the world, in the earth right now. And he's made us to be like him. And we're made on day six and we're given jobs. We're told to fill the earth and subdue it. But then it's really interesting. And God's like, here's your job description. Now, wait. Your first day, your first full day of being alive, just rest. Just enjoy it. Look at no 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 filling the earth just yet, no subduing it just yet, no, no work just yet. Just enjoy. It. Isn't that interesting? That that's how God starts our existence with calling us to rest. God considers this day to be so important that it makes it to the Ten Commandments. Um, It's there and it's actually the longest, it's given the longest description of all uh, the 10. This one has the most said about it directly in that passage anyway. And the first time they're given, the creation account is the reason uh, for why uh, people are to rest on the Sabbath. Because it's how God has made things to be. So Exodus 20 verses 9 to 11 say, Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then in the second reading of the 10 commandments, so that's hap- that, that, that uh, giving of the 10 commandments happens just after the people have escaped out of slavery. And then the second ha- Reading happens when they're about to go into the promised land, but God reminds them that they were slaves previously. And the reasoning this time is complimentary. says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So God's people had been slaves. They were made to work without a break. They had no union representation. They had no weekends, nothing like that. They worked, they worked, they worked, they worked until they died. They were under the authority of a tyrant who always wanted more from them, who was never satisfied with what they did, uh, who was always demanding again, again, more, more, more. And here God tells his people he is not like that. He's not like that. He rescued them to be his people. So previously, they were Pharaohs. And what Pharaoh did with them was work them, work them, work them until they died. And God rescues them to be his people that they might know him, but also that they might rest. It's just like in the garden again. He doesn't, he doesn't need them to work seven days a week. I mean, he's, he's God. He's got it doesn't want them to work seven days a week he wants them to take a holiday a holy day every week every week he wants them to rest and to rejoice that they are free and that they're his and to be restored by doing this now we might not be slaves but we live in a culture that makes demands like pharaoh It always wants more from us. And it does this in one of two ways. It either threatens us or it entices us. And you may feel one or other of those more powerful. You may not even notice it because it's just in the air that we breathe. But it's like you always being told, you know, do more work so that then you can be more significant. That's an enticement. Or do more work or we'll find someone else who will. And that's a threat. And it says, earn more money so you can spend more money. And that's usually an enticement. Look at all these things you haven't yet got. If only you had them, how happy you'd be. Uh, Because you then have a new list of things to buy. Come on, let's keep going, keep going. You need to keep earning so that you can keep buying. And that will keep the whole economy going as well, by the way. So there's the threat. We're, We're supposed to be on all the time, aren't we? Which is what a machine does. Isn't it funny? Even we will compliment certain people. It tends to be more of a masculine thing to do, isn't it? But it's a compliment to certain Man, they're just like a machine. We think that's a good thing because they just produce, 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 achieve, 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 and never seem to stop and never seem to be weak. God says, stop. And you are weak and you need to stop. Stop trying and stop buying. Stop relying on yourself. Stop thinking the world revolves around you and requires you to be always on. Instead, enjoy God. Enjoy putting your trust in him that you don't have to be doing things every day of the week for your life to go okay. Enjoy the reminder that it's him who keeps the world turning, not you. Enjoy what you have rather than striving after more. I, just, I think this sounds good. Doesn't that sound good? And that's what Jesus is reminding the Pharisees of when he says that the Sabbath was made for us. He says, it's not something that God's given. Them. It's not another job that he needs you to do. It's a gift. So what does this mean for Christians today? Well, that's a really interesting question because there's barely any mention of Sabbath keeping in the New Testament after the Gospels. It was a major point of discussion and argument between Jesus and the Pharisees. In fact, in all four gospels, it says that it's one of the main reasons they want to kill him. But kind of after that, the New Testament doesn't seem to mention it all that much, Well, it doesn't. We know that early on in church history, Christians began to focus their attention on Sunday as the day to, to gather and commemorate Jesus' resurrection um, as much as they could. Many of them were slaves, uh, so they had to kind of get up before daybreak to do that. Um, but they kind of shifted from the, 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 the Saturday, which is the Jewish Sabbath, into the Sunday because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And it becomes known as the Lord's Day. It's called that in Revelation. But it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that isn't specifically repeated to Christians in the New Testament. Which may just be a coincidence, but it's interesting that all the other nine, we are that is repeated to us, but this one is not. Paul mentions it just twice. Romans 14, verses 5 to 6, he observes that some people value one day over others and some don't. He basically says, either is fine. The important thing is, what is your conscience saying and who is the master you're serving? And in Colossians two verses 16: 17, he says, "No one should judge a Christian by how they keep the Sabbath, and certainly by other Jewish practices as well, because they are a shadow of the things to come, and the substance belongs to Christ." So saying Sabbath, that's lovely, but it's, it's, it's not the point. The point is Jesus. And then the writer to the Hebrews takes up this line of thinking. They compare God 's rest from his work to us stopping trusting in ourselves. And instead, resting in what God has achieved for us through Jesus. Salvation is a Sabbath rest to be entered into. It is, it is a receiving of what has been done rather than a doing of things to achieve. That's, that's our salvation. That's the gospel. Uh, if you're not a Christian here, say, or even if you are, that is the message. The message is that Jesus has come and has lived and died and raised again for us. He has won our salvation and he gives it to us. Not that you've got to do a whole bunch of things and then God will upset, accept you. So the Sabbath is like, it's a shadow of what's to come. It's a sign pointing to Jesus who is the Lord of the Sabbath. And I think this makes keeping the Sabbath a matter not of necessity, but of wisdom. And I also think it's a way in which God's people can show themselves uh, to be distinct. I know we don't lack uh, for ways in which to do that um, in in, in a culture that kind of doesn't really like Christianity very much. There are loads of ways in which you can do this, but I think this is a really good one. And I think it also helps us. It's an opportunity for us to show people what God is like. And so I'm going to share with you a mix of what I do and what I'd like to do. Um, I want to explain to you kind of the principles uh, that that I'm working with. And so you can work those out uh, for your own life and um, apply them. And I I think they can be arranged around two words. Those words are rest and rejoicing. Now, before we get started on that, we should just ask the question, when should this happen? I've already mentioned uh, that um, the Jewish Sabbath was Saturday. Technically, it was Friday evening to Saturday evening. When should it happen for us? Well, I'd suggest that Sunday is the ideal day uh, because Sunday is the day that our church gathers to worship and praise God. And we've just had a wonderful time of worshipping Him and we've been hearing from Him and it's stirred our affection. And it's, there was rest in there, wasn't there? And that's partly because Danny intentionally chose uh, for that to happen. But it was rest for our souls that the Holy Spirit came in and met with us and reminded us of God's promises. And so by gathering with God's people, as we should do on this day, be reminded of God and his goodness. That gives definition and shape to the rest of the day. I know that will prevent, present some challenges for some of you to get here and all that. But actually, if you can, then I think this is the best day for it. But some of us work on the, Sabbath, on the Sunday. I'm working today. And um, what matters most then in that case is that we have a rhythm of one day in seven. And if it's the same day of the week, each week, that will help you uh, to build that habit into your life. If that's not possible for you, if shifts are all over the place, that kind of thing. Well, when you know when you're going to work, I would suggest work out then what's the one in seven routine for you and put that into your diary, into your calendar and, and, and distinguish it as such and prepare, for, think about it as such. Now, maybe your job is really part of this always-on culture. You're, you know, you, everyone at work is just showing how hard they work and they reply to emails all the time and all this kind of stuff. So this is going to take a shift. This is going to be a, 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 a challenge, potentially. And so I would suggest that you need to uh, communicate what you're wanting to do and you may need to negotiate a little bit to win people over uh, to that. And I think winning them over is what I would suggest you want to do. You don't want to be like, I will take you to an employment, employment tribunal for trampling all over my religious rights. Don't do that. Just say, do you know what? You will get so much out of me the other six days if you let me have this day. Uh, and, you know, I will, I will get back. I will reply. I will do those things, but not on this day. Uh, and you're trying to win people over uh, uh, to what you're doing. Um. Now, I, I do it in terms of like what, a Western 24-hour day that's how I do it. Uh, you might want to do the 24 hours, like I said, the Jewish pattern, which is the, uh, the evening of one day to the evening of the other because that means if you do the Sunday and everyone's going back to work or maybe to school or whatever on the Monday, you're like, I cannot just wake up on Monday morning and the last time I did anything to do with work was Saturday night. That just isn't going to work. Well, fine, do the evening to the evening then and, and have that last bit of Sunday evening in that position of having rest and everything where you're like, let's just make sure everything's together. Let's make lunch and then we're ready for Monday. If, if that's what works for you, that's fine. The principle is one in seven, 24 hours. And then these two principles I want to share with you, rest and rejoicing. Rest. Okay. Rest means stop. Just to be really clear. I know that sometimes you like it and you like, I love it when they, get, they take that complicated word. I didn't really understand what it meant. They explained it or they gave a Greek version of it or whatever. I'm saying t- rest means stop. Yeah, just means stop. From what? From most things. Particularly the things that you do for provision. The things that you do that enable things to keep going. And also the things that you do that give you significance. You get your sense of meaning out of. Now there will be variations in what you rest, therefore, from. According to your personality, according to your uh, situation. Some people, uh, you know, they're just going to want to break from other people. And others are going, ah, it's my chance to see people. Um, A a Jewish writer on the Sabbath called Abraham Heschel suggested that the person who works with their mind should Sabbath with their hands, and the person who works with their hands should Sabbath with their mind. Uh, That's probably a helpful principle of, of, of stepping out from what you usually do in order to rest. The point is, I think, that the needs and the wants of life are put on hold. Now, I find it quite easy to compartmentalise my life. I like doing that, in fact. And so the idea of stopping uh, for one day a week comes quite naturally to me. But the mistake that I used to make was, I was like, great, work to-do list. I'm not going to look at that. Instead, I picked up a whole other to-do list, my home to-do list. I was like, right, now I'm going to do all these things instead. But the commandment says, six days shall you labour and do all your work. So are you ready for a faith adventure? God is asking you to believe not only that there are enough hours in the day, which many of you here don't believe is true, but there are enough hours in six days of the week for you to do everything that he wants you to do. I think this is a similar faith step to when God says you're better off giving some of your money away than if you kept all of it. It's like it's better for you to live on 90%, maybe 80%, maybe 75% according to what you've got faithful than 100% of your money. I think it's the same kind of principle. It's better this way. A couple of years ago, Christmas Eve was on a Sunday and that meant it was going to be a huge trading day. Uh, it was going to be the, you know, the last minute. You know, mostly the dads would be out shopping at that point. And, and it was a big day for shops. And particularly the online challenge and all of that. They're like, oh my goodness, how are we going to do this? One company called The Entertainer, a big toy shop. And they were closed. Because they close every Sunday. Because their owner is a Christian. And he was like, it's been a really rough year. And that would have been our biggest day. But I want my staff to rest. I want them to go home and to be with their families. And so we're going to be closed on the biggest day of the year. And that was a faith thing, not a faith as in, and I did that, and then miraculously, everyone came to the shop on Saturday instead, and we had our biggest year ever. I I don't know what their prophets were like that year. He was suggesting they were going to be bad one way or the other, but he didn't care because the faith thing was to do what was right. And he just knew that he had a load of people who he wanted to be able to rest. So, You're going to believe God for that. The tasks, therefore, that I need to do around the flat and for friends and for family, of which there are many, are all going to go in those six days. Not that day. And I think that's why it's helpful. We often call it a day off. Uh, We basically mean a day off work and then we swap it for another day. But this is, calling it something different, I think will help with that. It's not a day off from work. It's a Sabbath. It's its own thing. Uh, For those of us who work outside of the home, I, you know, it's meant to work out that you have five days on, two days off. I know that that's not always how it works. I mean, many of you here are like, that isn't how it works. But that, that overall time is supposed to work out that way. So there should be space for other things to be done as well. It's not like you're at work all the time and then, and then you've got the Sabbath, which I'm saying you can't do all that other stuff on. But I, I just want to ask you the question. If you're like, that is, I just cannot do that. There's no way I, I can take a whole day off like that every week. I just want to ask you, what is driving you to do more than God has given you time for? And The answer to that question may be, well, who? And you need to meet my boss and you can tell him all about it if you like. But it, this is a real question. Who's driving you to do more than God has told you to do? So, so I, swapped my, I stopped my swapping of to-do lists. And that means that Sabbath is, is basically it's the one day in our week when the washing machine isn't going to get used, uh, the bins aren't going to be emptied, the recycling's not going to be taken out. Tidying and cleaning is on an emergency only basis, which obviously means it does still happen. <laughs> but it's it's emergencies, yeah. It's not like oh, will be good to get that done right now. I oh, just do a bit of this as well. Oh, yeah, I haven't done that. Um, we won't be checking our emails. We won't be checking social media. Uh, we won't do any shopping in person. Or online Um, it's the day for lay-ins it's the day for afternoon naps because it's a day of rest I know some of you are like I have an afternoon nap every day what are you talking about but for most of us here (laughs) for most of us this is that day does this require preparation yes it does it does, because that day is coming where I can't do those things, so I either need to do them now or kind of put them to after it. It does require, but that actually gives structure to the other six days. And for me, it motivates me to get things done now. And I'm like, oh, but I wanted to hang out this evening. Whatever. Well, now I need to get this done now because I've got a whole day to do that there. I think that's actually very helpful. I know some of you don't live by structure and you're like, much more of a free spirit. I won't like that. But well, you know, it's there. So um... Now, if your work is at home, However however that is, you may need to draw some lines to separate yourself from it so that you can rest from it. If you have a work room or a work area in your home, uh, don't go there. Just don't go in it. Um, there are often parts of our flat that I just ignore on that day. I'll either close that door, having thrown a load of stuff in there, or I'm just not looking at, because they're just a glaring to-do list, yeah? They're just like, why don't you do this now? And basically, unless there's like water flowing out of it, I'm like, because it's the Sabbath. Our phones, of course, are, as usual, blessings and curses. Some of the things that are Sabbath pleasures for me, which I'll get into in a bit, I like watching sport, I like listening to podcasts, I like listening to music, I like taking photos. My phone is a place where I can do that. It's a tool for doing those things. It's also the same device that I do a lot of work with. And that also has a load of completely unrestful options for me. So, you know, you need to work out how to keep that device as a tool, not as your Sabbath shaper. So, I mean... I just say this all the time, just turn off your notifications. I just think it's a no-brainer. Um, it might be helpful to have a home screen that's got apps for the Sabbath and a home screen that got, that's got apps for work. Yeah, and you're like, swipe, it's this day. So this screen, the email app isn't there. I'm gonna pretend it's not even on my phone. Yeah, that might, you might find that helpful. If, but if you haven't gotten the, into the discipline of not looking at your emails or not looking at other stuff that will not be restful for you on this day, put the phone away. Turn it off and put it away. Small children, of course, cannot be turned off. <laughs> and nor are they meant to be. But when they start to realize that there's one day in the week when uh, their parents or carers aren't desperately trying to do loads of other things around the house. And when they realize that this is a day that seem to have particularly good dinners on. Particularly special family celebrations, and when God is talked about even more than he is the rest of the week, they will have learned something about Sabbath. And that's the second part of what this day is all about. It's all about rejoicing. Psalm 92 is entitled A Song for the Sabbath. And some people would think that a song for the Sabbath would be, I'm not doing anything, and in fact, I shouldn't even be singing right now, it's a Sabbath. But Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. Isn't that interesting? You've made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. I think that's really interesting. Sabbath keeping isn't just about what you don't do. It is about what you do. And what you do, I would suggest, should be all about rejoicing in God. Because you've cleared the decks of loads of those other things that take up your time or, let's be honest, waste your time. They're not, they're not restful things. They're just time wasting. things. Because you're not doing all of those things on this day, you've got time. You've got time to think about God. You've got time to read his word. Kind of, I've got to catch up because we've got this reading plan going on. People can ask me what I've read. No, no. But because you can and you can think about it and you can think about him and you can, uh, you know, you can sing songs to him and about him and you can talk with him and not in that kind of rest of the week prayer request. You know, God, get me through today. and God, these are the things I really need help with. Please, please, please. This is a different day. You can just say, God, what are you doing? And God, let me talk to you about how things are and those kind of things. And God's given us so many ways in which we can enjoy him and experience him and see him. He's given us his creation and he's given us the creativity of other creatures and even ourselves. And so I will, if I can, I, will, I want to go for a walk or a bike ride somewhere, the Pentlands or the Hermitage of Braids, I love that place, or a beach or somewhere like that and I'm not doing it because like, oh, it's a Sabbath, so now's my chance to get healthy. I think that's a six-day thing. I'm just doing it because it just gives me pleasure. And part of that is actually doing a physical thing will, tends to, for me to make me feel healthier. and That makes me feel happier. And that leads me to praise God. But when we're taking unhurried time in his creation, I'm not aiming for a PB, I'm looking for God. And, I, I, and we've got time to give our attention to the things that he's made, and then to see who he's like by looking at these things that he has made. Um, for me, uh, good books, good music are great sources of enjoyment. I, I love them. Um, uh, photography is a, pleasure, a pleasurable holiday, a hobby for me. I'm not like, I've got to get this shot right because I've got to post it because then, I, and then I've got to wait. You know, that's not Sabbath. That's not Sabbath. That's striving. I want to rest and enjoy this thing in creation I'm going to try and find a way of seeing it I, you know and you need to work out what those things are for you, but again it's within these two categories of rest and rejoicing yeah I'd say you know good food and drink can be feasted upon to the glory of god I, I, I think it's it should be the day, it, you know, it's again, New Year, and you're like, I'm not having this. In fact, I'm never going to eat it. Ever. I'm never. Well, Sabbath's the day when you can have some. Like, stop doing, don't eat, you know, if there's the thing you're like, I mustn't eat that anymore. Okay, six days, don't eat it. I think Sabbath's the day you can. Because it's a day for enjoying. So long as this is not like a work feeling kind of pressure, I've got to get this big meal. And then he talked, he talked on Sunday about, we're supposed to have this amazing dinner. And I'm like, well, if that's causing you to think in that six day way, Throw a pizza in the oven, it's fine. And enjoy, you know, if you'll enjoy that, you know, enjoy that. As we think about enjoying ourselves, just wanna, one other thing, a dimension of many modern discussions of Sabbath uh, that I, I, you don't see as much is a concern for others. The commandment says you should not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, even the animals get a break, or the sojourner who is within your gates, uh, it's saying you shouldn't be causing others to work as well. And I'm still working out how far to go with this. I haven't quite figured out it in my head yet. Should I go to a restaurant? Should, should I even watch sport? You know, whether the person who I'm making work is getting paid minimum wage or earning as much in a week as I will in like a, a decade, if I'm making them work, am I doing this right? Now, if you think that's ridiculous, don't be so legalistic. Fine, but I would just ask you to think about whether or not your preferences and your pleasures are impacting others around you in a good way or a bad way. I think it's just worth thinking about. And because people should be involved in our rejoicing. They should be part of our celebration. Now, if, you know, Those of us who, who get our energy uh, restored by being alone, we may flinch at this. actually this is a time to connect with others it is a time to gather together as we have today and to praise God it's a time to be with friends and families for some of you social media is a natural way to do that I just think there's so much on there that is um, just not restful or enjoyable that unless you're really good at creating your timelines I won't bother but I know for others you look it's like this is how I'll connect with people so okay work that out but Let's, we, we, we're meant to gather together and be with one another. Husbands and wives should do this. This is the day to not talk about what needs to be done next or what hasn't been done. This is the rest day. This is the day of enjoyment, to enjoy one another's company. In all this enjoyment stuff, please don't make, mistake this for kind of simply doing nice things. It does sound like that because it's not doing things that you don't like by and large but the point of what these things are the point of what I've described about what I do and I would include taking a nap in this is is it increases our awareness of God and our affections for him whether it's by whether it's in the kind of negative by saying God I just fell asleep because I couldn't cope anymore and you're still awake amazing or it's about saying, God, this, is such a, this thing is so beautiful. This music is so amazing. This piece of creation is just incredible. That's the point. where Our affections are being stirred for him. I just think it would be a good thing for you to explore doing in this year. Jesus said that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. I mean, he's the Lord of everything. Yes, but here he claims this day as well. He says, it's about me. Uh, I run it and I'm giving it to you. He launched his public ministry actually on the Sabbath and he declared freedom for captives, which is uh, what we were all without him. He said, I'm giving you freedom. How did he win that freedom for us? He did his great work on our behalf. And on the climax of that work was the cross. And really interestingly, what day was that? It was the Friday, it was the day before. The Sabbath, and where is he on the Sabbath? No one sees him. He's in the tomb. You could say he is resting from all the work that he's done, and then a new week starts, full of life and hope for all of us. And so he can say to us, uh, "Danny, put the ESV version on the screen earlier. I'm going to read from the message from Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 11. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me," Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is what God's like. This is what he's like. I just think Sabbath is such a wonderful reminder of this. And so that's why I want to commend it to you. It is rest and rejoicing. And it's part of the way in which God restores us to who we're meant to be. It's a gift I want to suggest that you take hold of.